Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will. Um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and um, good thing. and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and bake. Come on. Where's Toby? So I'm practicing, you know, social distancing, and I have a few tips for everybody, you know. You know, no sharing pipes or joints, things like that. The three words that describe this show, and I quote, Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. Saturday Suckage, it's Halloween, and this has been a week of utter BS. Hi, Mark. That is BS. That is. We need a hawk to say just BS. There is so much crap being flung, so much, I don't know, lying, story twisting, so much, you know, someone's got to speak truth to alleged power, and it's just... A whole bunch of garbage being slung around, and this is the kind of week it's been, the kind of year it's been. And John Lester wants to buy everyone in Chicago a drink, and he does it on the weekend that the government in the city is shutting down bars. Hello. (laughs) I mean, it's just, look at what's going on. And nothing against John Lester. He was the second greatest free agent signing in Chicago sports history. And uh-huh. he was, he legitimized the Cubs approach. He was that guy and, and good for him. And he wants to buy, he goes, well, however this goes, I want to buy everybody a drink. And he named the bars. You can go to the various, um, the, the ones he named, Hopsmith, Chicago, Lodge, the Lodge, Butch McGuire, Shenanigans. And he says, your, fuller, your first Miller Lite is on him. Just tell him to put it on John's tab. Okay. 
That's all we get. Unbelievable. You're yeah. right. And they're shutting yeah. everything down. Shutting everything down. I have to say, as the resident alcoholic of this show, and every every show needs an alcoholic, I actually like it when drinking becomes more complicated for people. It's just a, a horrible thing about me that it's, um, yeah, it's a little bit um, shallow of me, but I think that's good. Um, something about John Lester, Stevie Sunshine, that yeah. I guess I didn't realize even in the three years that I covered him closely. That, you know, I did pre and post for three years, was in those locker rooms, home and road, was on those airplanes, was in those hotels. I didn't realize how emotional he was about this and um, something of a romantic about the places in which he has succeeded. Well, and specifically in Chicago, I mean, let's go back to the game that he pitched and his what he considered to be his final Wrigley Field game. And he started the emotions. Like, nobody was ready for it. None of the bro- like, Lennon J.D. did not make a big deal about it during the broadcast. As a matter of fact, didn't say anything about it. Then he goes to the press conference. They ask a couple questions of John Lester. And Lester basically baiting the media to ask him about his emotions of pitching at Wrigley Field. And then he does this with the drinking thing. I like it. I like that there's a there's... A, an emotional side to John Lester that I didn't necessarily know about. I knew there was a hard-edged side to him. I knew that there was a very insightful side to him when you interviewed him. I didn't realize that the emotions ran as deeply as they did for John Lester and for Chicago. And he's basically handing out stories to the media and not and media not necessarily running with him. Yeah, that's true. You know? Well, I knew right? he was... A, I knew he was... The, the emotion could be a wide range of things. So... Anger is an emotion, and and yet he always looked at that big bad John on the mound and right. and the ferocity with which he pitched and the ferocity. There was a seriousness to his his post game interviews. There was always something else coming up, and there was a. Um, it's not he wasn't far off. I used to hear him talk. He wasn't far off from your Stan Bowman Undertaker impression. <laughs> that is but, true. People are going to right, die if you don't believe yeah. in my rebuild. Did you hear Right, me? but there was a little more forcefulness and there was emotion certainly when they won the World Series and and, and what but this part of this part of him was um, the the emotion about I mean, he's a guy who pitched in Wrigley and won. He's mm-hmm. a guy who pitched in Fenway and won. He was part of, of, of those championships in those historic places. Remember, I used to, on the hockey beat, I used to talk to guys about playing in, in the Montreal Forum or Boston Garden or the Chicago Stadium and what it meant to be there and playing there, winning there. And you talk to baseball players who, those are, those are the play. Yankee Stadium is another one. It's, 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 I remember asking Paul O'Neill played for the Reds, right? They come, yeah. That's the, the oldest, allegedly the oldest franchise, whatever it is. It goes, it goes well back 150 years or whatever it is. And I said, what's the coolest thing about being a Yankee? And he thought about it. And he just said, you know, really, the, the history, you look at, and he points out to Monument Park, because we were in Yankee Stadium. He goes, that. And meaning Ruth and Garrick and Yogi Berra and Whitey Ford and all of that. And here you are in that. And I always love athletes who had an appreciation for for the venues and the history of the sport and weren't just going through with a briefcase. And John Lester was that guy. He came to the Cubs 
and he knew what it would mean, that history of it. He could have gotten that money anywhere else, but he knew what the history was. He had experienced it in another place and thought, wow, let's go for it. Let's double down on this. And I, I love that about him. That was part of his part of his legacy here is how guys do that, how to win. I, what that I guess the word I should have used, the word I should have used to start was not emotional, sentimental, because that's the part ah, that he never allowed yeah. to leak out. The hardened side that you were talking about. Yes, he, he was as emotional as any pitcher we've ever seen in a Cubs uniform on the mound. He wore it on his uniform. You could see the sweat dripping at every single game. That was John Lester, bulldog, hardcore, don't talk to me before starts. That guy, don't approach me. I'm a tough guy. I'm a country guy. All that stuff. And then all of a sudden, we find out in his last start that there is he is very sentimental about Chicago and about the Cubs and about the fans, you know? And he was inviting writers and broadcasters in that final start to, hey, write this story. This is what I'm feeling, man. I know that you guys aren't used to this, but would somebody please write the story about how I feel about this probably being my last start in a Cubs uniform, even if it's not his last start in a Cubs uniform? Right, it might not be, but but he was taking great pains to wanting to tell that story and yes. and let and it out is. almost almost like a ther you know a patient in therapy. Please yes. let me do this. I have yes. you know my name is John L and I'm a cubaholic. That kind of <laughs> right. thing. Exactly. And good exactly. and good for him to to recognize it. He recognized it in the moment. Some guys can't or don't. And there's a David Ross tells this story, and sometimes and the the best thing about John Lester was the stories other people would tell. So David Ross tells a story about John Lester when they were with Boston. And they're playing Detroit. And the bases are loaded. And one of the reasons, the ways they got loaded, the third baseman made an error on a, on a ground ball. And now the bases are loaded. Here comes Miguel Cabrera. So he's the best hitter of his era. And he's up against John Lester, right-handed batter, left-handed pitcher. And David Ross can see that John Lester's bothered. He goes out to the mound. He's got Two outs, bases loaded, and John Lester, before Ross gets to the mound to open his mouth, John Lester says, we got to field that ball. That guy's got to field that ball. And <laughs> David Ross says, John, we have Miguel Cabrera at the plate. John, focus. Look at me. That's Miguel Cabrera. <laughs> Forget that. We have Miguel Cabrera at the plate at with me. the bases loaded. Yeah, and it was just the that kind of that kind of story about John Lester and the and almost taking things personal, so it fits that he would be sentimental. It's just a matter of how he chose to show it. And now he's buying everybody a beer at a time when you can't do that. Happy Halloween, everybody. I don't know. We just, what a thing. I, I do I, find I, it I, funny how there's such a, in sports, there is such a fine line when we talk, when we talk like we're speaking right now, and I've heard other hosts do it throughout the week, that there's this fine line. Like if somebody's just turning on the radio, they're like, Did somebody die? Like that fine line between us being sentimental about the career coming to an end of a sports player in a particular place or just coming to an end in general. It's like, it's like, are we discussing a man who just died or, uh, or his right. career ended with the Cubs? This is a very fine line. But, um, well, that's we 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 explained it. We, we this is what John Lester's doing. We this did. is the way he acted. And, and again, I I still think Marion Hosa was the greatest free agent signing in Chicago sports history, and John Lester's right behind. Andre and Dawson. I will, 
first start with, well, he's got zero rings. Lester has one, and Hosa has three. So I'm just throwing I'm, another name into the party, man, because I keep hearing, though, I'm trying to... We need a we need a few more names to, to throw around there. So I'm putting Andre Dawson in there whether you want me to or not. I love the ferocity of Dawson too, and the, and he has the best story. He yes, has the best of story of of signing as a free agent in Chicago. I don't think any I nothing comes to mind that tops that. And I do remember about a guy who was um, much like you describe John Lester. Dawson was like that. One of the Stories that sums him up, in my experience, is that John Fierro, the former trainer of the Cubs, in spring training, when March Madness would be going on, John Fierro owned March Madness for a couple years. He'd make his picks, and he would win. And so this is the day that the brackets come out, and John Fierro is at the table in the Cubs' spring training locker room, dressing room. He's got one in his hands, and from behind comes a whoosh! of money. It's cash money thumping on the table and he hears from behind Andre Dawson's voice. I pay you pick we split and then he walks away. <laughs> that's that's it. A man of few words when he talked you better not be you better not be the topic of that. Lillians. So Yeah, he was he was the yeah, he was the best story of Chicago free ages. How do we get we cut we walked in Talking I about, I did anyways, that I just think there's just such BS being slung around this week. We're just sort of fighting through it. So I know there's been, we will talk about Tony La Russa, and we will talk about that BS, some of that BS. Mark Gonzalez of the Tribune at noon, a longtime baseball guy, our deluxe longtime baseball guy, wrote a piece in the Tribune of why La Russa is the right guy. Later on in the hour, Josh Nelson of the Sox Machine will tell us why he's not. And I have massive conflicts about this whole thing and massive questions about this. I can see why it's perfect. I can see why it's crazy. I don't know why Rick Hahn didn't quit before the announcement was made. <laughs> and I don't know how, how something like this gets done. And then I see perfectly how something like this gets done. So anyways, we'll discuss that. But first, can I ask you, Mark Grody, Bears reporter, co-host of Saturday Suckage, yeah. of, of what... What was Matt Nagy thinking as his team was getting punched in the mouth? And this week he said he's never been a part of something like this. Wasn't he here last year when his offense was one of the worst in the league? How does he say that? How does anybody believe he has any credibility when he says he's never been a part of something like this? So as the I, week played out, give me your take on that. I'd argue that it was he had seen something like that even more so in 2018, honestly. Really? When the defense was scoring left and right, and... The, the playmaking that occurred, they ruled every single game. The defense wasn't as dominant last year. So I'd argue he had seen it. When he, when he says that, he is saying, he basically was saying, he didn't use the word embarrassed, but he, he was embarrassed that the defense last week, this is the what it boils down to, the defense having outscored 
the offense. And you're right. It, it has been going on. And maybe this is, and I'll bring it full circle Saints here as well. This is like parallel to last year, like the, the moment of realization of for Matt Nagy. That was a moment of realization in that game. Like, this is not good. This is embarrassing. My defense is outscoring my offense, my precious offense. Last year against the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> last year yes. against the Saints, okay, there was the the realization moment against the Saints. Oh, my God, the run game is broken. Because what happened in that Saints game last year, Stevie yeah. Sunshine? Seven carries, 19 yards, whatever it was, 17 yards. I always get it mixed up. But we all know it was bad. So that was the moment. Like, he's had these these light bulb moments, and that was the week after which he put an extra offensive lineman in. We started to see J.P. Holtz, and he started to pull chunks of the playbook out of the big playbook. And so there was that. And then this was the moment. And maybe it's been a long time coming where he realized, God, this is bad, man. When the defense is outscoring the and and he probably should have realized it a, a while back, and maybe he has, and this is the first time he publicly stated it. And the problem with that game against the Rams that was the Bears' worst game because every this was the one week, the first time where every single unit failed. Offense was bad, defense was bad, special teams was bad, right? I mean, we could go on for hours about Ted Ginn on special teams, not Oof. picking up punk, What does right? he do for a living, by the way, Ted Ginn? <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. How does how does Chris Tabor defend him? That's just well, that's guess just the what? coach. Again, that's part of the BS that went on this week. Steve, Hold there's it. a you and I talked about, you texted me about a new segment that we're going to do this week, and in that I, segment, I will explain, I will have Chris Tabor tape for you. Well, let's let's explain the new segment is what Mark heard, because this week goes on and there's so much. And if you follow Mark on Twitter, Mark Rody, at Mark Rody Sports, you'll get it all. And I follow him. And I was there was so much there that I thought we would do because we're givers, not takers on Saturday suckage. We suck. So you don't have to. So you don't have to listen every day if you don't want to the BS being slugged by Bears players and coaches. Mark will bring you. This new segment, what Mark heard. So that's what we'll be doing later in the show. Bears. Bears. We will. That's what it'll be. So there was that. Right. Ted Ginn and the offense was just miserable and outscored by the defense. And the defense got that touchdown. But the de- everybody got punched in the mouth. Yes. That's How- a great, perfect way to put it. That's a perfect okay, so, way to put it. All right. So that happens. And... And you have a, a coach who can't manage the game in front of him. You have improper, incorrect personnel, and the coach thinking one play will work with the right this personnel because it worked with another group of personnel. I mean, Matt Nagy has just exposed himself to be in over his head so many times with a game in front of him. And it looks like he is killing his own defense worse than any other offense because he has no idea how the defense is supposed to, how the offense can make the defense better. And then special teams, as you said, is just Ted Ginn is running around. It's almost like electric football running around. I can't do this. So explain how this improves now, maybe without Allen Robinson, tomorrow. 
There's not a huge case for the improving tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. All righty then. Yeah. That's our well, show. Play the Eagles. We're yeah. out of here. I mean, and, and solely based on injuries because I can't see. I mean, they in the in a matter of an hour yesterday, you know, I, we were told that Allen Robinson was questionable, and then we all got another text saying, oh, uh, we've downgraded him to doubtful. Now, I, I didn't, like, maybe I'm thinking too much like Steve Rosenblum these days because there was some conspiracy theories that went through my brain. I'm like, wouldn't making him doubtful be a great little bit of gamesmanship for the Saints? Uh-huh. Like, hey, you know, the Bears are like, well, we're at it. You know, he's questionable. Everybody knows he's got to, why don't we just <laughs> basically say he's not playing and then we'll roll him out there. So there was a little part, because, you know, the, Matt Nagy has been fairly honest in saying he's not going to be very honest about injuries this year. It, so, guys, I will say that I, I did see something about the way NFL concussion protocol works. Basically, they have to list him as doubtful because uh, okay. he's in that protocol. And so if he clears protocol tomorrow, he'll play. That's what they, That's basically what they're saying. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So I think call. that's what that was. Like, they had to clarify, like, oh, because he's in the concussion protocol, he is officially listed as doubtful. But if he clears, he'll play. Now you've so ruined this, everything. Thanks a lot, Trash Panda. Yeah, you there won't. goes my conspiracy theory. You've I'm sorry, blown up the sorry whole show. with my, my overwhelming no, no, positiv- no. positivity. You and your and facts. You and your Mark, facts. Mark, Mark, we can still <clears throat> we can still extend the conspiracy that he has to be cleared by Dr. Nagy and, and Dr. Foles. So I think that we can we can still Thank extend you. the conspiracy theory. Thank you. <laughs> let's, Thank you. Let's All go right. with that. Here's the other good thing on the Bears' side. Well, the other bad thing, by the way, is that Cody Whitehair is not playing. However, God, am I rooting for Sam Mustafer? I really like that guy. He is like he might be the highest IQ guy on the Bears, like books and football. Like he's a really smart guy, and we talked to him on Zoom yesterday, and I actually got to do a one-on-one with him that will air on uh, which pregame show? Oh, on the WB. Maybe on both pregame shows, actually, because I know Olin Kreutz is a big fan of Sam Mustafer, so I'm going to present that to Olin, too, see if he wants to hear it. But anyway, I'm rooting for that guy. I, I hope he's great, and he definitely talks a good game. So, um, okay. you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And I realize that people don't really care about the fact that I like a guy. Anyway, um, the good news, there's two good things for the Bears. This, this game is all about injuries man michael thomas is out for the saints that's huge man because that guy he's great and he also had 131 yards against this bears team essentially last year the other part is too the bears are going to have to deal with alvin kamara this year as opposed to latavius murray who had 119 yards and two touchdowns against this bears team last year and I'm being a little sarcastic because Alvin Kamara is obviously better, but they they probably will not get the same dose of Latavius Murray, nor will they have to deal with Teddy Bridgewater, who had two touchdowns against the Bears with the Saints last year. So a little bit tongue in cheek there. However, there are, you know that the Michael Thomas thing is absolutely real, and Drew Brees he ain't the same. Like Drew Brees, if you look at his numbers, like he is. The the percentage the completion percentage is amazing. It's like 75%, but he's not the same downfield. Not that he ever was like big time throw the ball down the field, but it's very efficient. It's a very efficient Alvin Kamara-ish type of, of style. And uh, somebody please alert um, Roquan Smith that he will be very, very active in this game. So, yeah, it'll be I don't a know. great – it'll be a 40-mile-per-hour wins. And the Saints playing – I think it's her first game outdoors. Yeah. But- I think it is, but, but they without well without their receiver, it'll be a great day for running the ball, and 
The Bears are one total yard from the worst rushing offense in the league and do have the worst, absolute worst, the 32nd rank per game rushing average, rushing our average yards per game. So it's a really great day to run the ball, or will be. At least that's what the forecast says. The Saints are good against the run. Ooh. Well, you, you don't even have to be good against the run to shut down the Bears. The Panthers <laughs> suck. Okay, you know, so by the way, we're going to go to break, and we'll come back right. and do stuff. Um, right. And we can all think about how that Nick Foles rant worked out for everybody as he was talking about winning ugly and who wants to win, who wants to lose pretty. We'd rather win ugly. And, yeah, how'd that Nick Foles rant work out? And we will deal with Nick Foles and his issue and... Basically, Are we doing more Bears next or baseball? I want to know. I yeah. mean, we're doing the marks. We're going to do, we're we're doing... do Bears. We need to talk Foles and Brian Greasy and Negi. Can this marriage be saved? Do you want to do that? the thing? Do you want to do the segment? Because it's all in the segment. Do you want to do yes. the segment let's, we're talking about let's next? Let's debut. Let's do what Mark heard. We're okay. going to take a break here on Saturday Suckage as we broadcast live from our Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And we will come back with our new segment, What Mark Heard heard and you got to know what he heard and got to have it have the context and have it explained that's we're givers not takers here on chicago sports radio 670 the score worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is god stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader 
watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB At-Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At-Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Welcome to You Heard with Per. <laughs> it's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. Song has been Jump blazing through my head all week. Jump to the left, step to the right, hands on hips, knees in tight. But it's the pelvic thrust that drives them insane. Let's do the time warp again. Happy Halloween. Hope everyone's dressing up as Frankenfurter or maybe Magenta or Riff Raff, and you all have a safe, good time out there. Yes, this is Saturday Suckage. How did you know? Is that a Halloween song? I, I don't get it. Well, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, right, right. Yeah, you come got on, it. Grody. Right. I've, I forgot wow. that. The, I, don't, I was just like, like I just had meatloaf going through my brain, and that was it. Meatloaf. All right, we're <laughs> doing, we're not doing meatloaf. Paradise by the Dashboard Light. We're doing, <laughs> but it's got a time warp why, and then I... Sweet Transvestite. <laughs> Tim Curry my was brain the best. Meatloaf, because Meatloaf has that sort of musical stage quality to his songs yes. because you know you know what i mean so i don't know my brain was somewhere else i'm yeah rocky horror picture show yeah it was it meatloaf has a thea it's all theatrical and um rocky horror picture theatrical, show certainly right. is is you have people of the cult classic people dressing up as their favorite character let's do the this song has been blazing through my head all week and fair enough uh, and it's it's a halloween favorite and so i'm getting on my i got a new set of frankenfurter garter stockings and garter belt and uh um, frankenfurter yeah and we'll be doing that so what we'll be doing now is a new segment we have called what mark heard as you heard way before Riff Raff and magenta were singing time warp um because so much was said and done this week as always during the bears week Mark and I decided that Mark would corral this, would wrangle all this, and bring to you, because we're pleasers, not teasers, all the good stuff, the informative stuff, things we should talk about, things you should know about out there in Bears Radio Land. And so it's our new segment called What Mark Heard. So, Mark, what Mark heard this week? I've got four things that will be accompanied by audio with the help of our producer, the Trash Panda, Adam Stadzinski. Let's begin 
with one more decisive thing on the Brian Greasy comments about a potential clash between Matt Nagy and Nick Foles on some of the play calls where Foles was saying to Greasy, well, apparently he didn't, but what Greasy uttered was that, hey, I don't have enough time to run some of these plays that you're calling in. So Foles and Nagy this week did a good job of saying that this was a miscommunication and that Foles specifically said what Greasy said was untrue. That that was not something that he said. But Matt Nagy said something interesting. And I think that if you listen closely, and then I'll explain it, this says everything. Take a listen. It was brought up to me at the end there with you guys, and I can't answer what was interpreted by, by Brian Creasy. I, I don't know how he took it or what he took. Uh, other than what he said. But I do know that in the times that Nick and I talk and every time we talk, it's very collaborative. And it's just something that I have a ton of confidence in the conversations that we have because they're so real. And so, you know, even to the point of afterwards, late after the game through, I guess, when everything was brought up, Nick and I, we, we had we had a long talk, a, a really good talk about just clarifying what I guess was interpreted by Brian. Like I said, I don't know what what exactly how he took it. But for us, we are in such a good spot with our relationship. It's very, very healthy. Everything we do, we do together. I mean, and that's who we are as a, as a team and as a culture. But I always want to know what Nick's thinking. And when he has an idea or a thought, I told you, I told everybody on the front end before that if you can't listen to those suggestions and thoughts, then you're crazy. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. But we're in a really, really good place right now and couldn't be happier with where things are at with our relationship there. All right. Very simply, why would they have had to have a long talk, a long talk about something that wasn't said? So, and <laughs> there's no reason to have a long talk. And then he said, too, like, we have to be able to have these conversations and to work through them. So, I don't, like, honestly, like, if, they, if there were some conflicts between play caller and quarterback, I don't think anybody's going to be mad at you. That's just the way we're, I can't imagine that there's any play caller and quarterback that have not had this conflict. So, there's no reason to have a two-hour talk about something that never happened. So, I... It, <laughs> that said everything man why did nick Foles tell brian greasy before he told matt Nagy? if you again goes right back to what you said a two-hour talk about something that didn't happen well it did happen and both you can read the in the the subtext of what the coach said and what the quarterback said clearly told you brian greasy got it right why didn't nick Foles go to matt Nagy if the relationship is so great and have two hours. Can this marriage be saved, Mark? Right, right. So you don't, yeah. If it if it didn't happen, as Nick Foles said, then you just go say, I, Brian Greasy's an idiot. I didn't say that to him. Here's what I actually said. Talk to you later. And then right. they just both hug it out, and they, they smile, and they laugh, and then they tell us that that's what happened. Hey, guys, so, I, have a, I have an update from the Chicago Bears official Twitter account. Allen Robinson has cleared a concussion protocol and no longer has a game designation, so he will play tomorrow. Ha-ha. <laughs> Good. Okay, Dr. Nagy and Dr. Foles cleared him. I'm through through extensive concussion tests. All right, extensive wow. neurological tests. All right, so that's yeah, it. Yeah. So there's an update on a day when there's going to be 40 mile per hour winds and you have to run the ball. The Bears' best player, a receiver, will be healthy enough to play. Great. That just all right. So we discussed the quarterback coach BS. What else did you hear this week, Mark? All right, let's go to the 
the punter thing and the Ted Ginn situation. And, you know, Matt Nagy admitted there were, he said that there were two times, he said, I think he was pretty specific in that, two times that he thought that Ted Ginn should have fielded punts and attempted to bring them back against Johnny Hecker. And, there, and by the way, <laughs> Johnny Hecker, incidentally, was named the special teams NFC player of the week. Here's Chris Tabor on that exact same issue of of Ted Ginn and what exactly was going on in that game. There's some tough ones there. You don't see it on TV, though. He was hitting the knuckleball, which is a tough ball to field. And, and you're playing, he's one of the best punters in the league. I think, I know that he got special teams player of the week. I think he's special teams player of the month. What is he, 13 of his last 21 punts inside the 10? So, I mean, he has great club control if we're on the golf term today. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, you, you want to try to, to hide and, and help the field position as best you can. There's going to be decisions that, you know, you hope that you run away and, and you get the touchback and, you know, you, you didn't get it on that night. He did a great job. He did a great job. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we do have our rules there and there's some that you want to field. There's some you say that was a good play by them and you tip your hat to them. So that, that's how it goes. It's like when Pat O'Donnell pins him down in there, you, you know, I mean, it's guys check the ball up and they do a great job. All right, it is Chris Tabor's job to protect his guys, and he's certainly not going to be the one to pull the trigger on a change at punt returner, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they brought in Dwayne Harris this week, who is a receiver-slash-return specialist, and some of that might be because of Cordero Patterson, too, who is questionable with a quad injury. I have seen before games... Darnell Mooney practicing punt returns, Anthony Miller, who has done it before as well. So we'll see if it's it's Harris, Mooney, Miller, and still a slight possibility that it could be Ted Ginn Jr., but I, I kind of doubt that. I'd rather have Akeem Hicks back there. At least I know he's going to try. That would be fun, man. He's going to try. I would. And the idea of Darnell Mooney, I know, I know there's there, – you can't look at a guy and just say, well, he's fast. Let's do this. There's There are other skills involved. But being able to catch the ball, being able to ex- explosive speed are two important parts of it. Courage is huge. And I'm not saying Darnell Mooney doesn't have it, but it's a different kind of courage. I just I just think that the decision-making and the courage, and there's a lot of business decisions that seem to be made last week that did not benefit the Bears. So that is very true. And I think business decision is probably the right way to put it. And as long as we're discussing Darnell Mooney, yeah. let's this might this might have been some of the this was a fun one right here. All right, first of all, the the not fun part. Darnell Mooney, we all remember what happened. Wide open, the double move against the Rams. Remember this play call. Here it is. Thirty-six from the four. Off his back foot had a man wide open. Right. So that was the play where you remember, I mean, it was 10-3 at the time that that would have tied the game and everything changes if that hadn't happened. Darnell Mooney, wide open, overthrown. So here, Steve, is what Darnell Mooney said about that. You know, when the double move works as well as it did against the Rams at a quality cornerback like uh, Ramsey and you don't get the ball, what's the raw frustration you feel at that moment? Man, hey, I got to run faster, man. That's all it is. I'm too slow. I love that. And you should know, Rosie, Mooney, Mooney ran a 4-3-8-40 during yeah. the combine this year. He is yeah. one of the fastest men in the NFL. 
That's just that's I got to run faster. That, that, that's a guy <laughs> putting run. it on himself. That's wonderful. Too yeah, slow. That was a great. For great the record, move. he was smiling when he said that. But sure. good for him, man. You talk about yeah. a guy saying the right things um, this year. <laughs> Darn old Mooney is it, man. Right. He really that's, is. You know he wants to do more. All right. So um, um, was there there? Did you what else did you hear, Mark? All right, one more. I got one more for you, um, and that would be on Cole Komet. Everybody wants more from Cole Komet. Seven targets in seven games this year, five catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. The nice 37-yard catch in traffic last week against the Rams. And here is Matt Nagy on the idea that he should play more. Cole Komet's going to start playing more in this offense, and uh, he's deserved it. He earns it. He's a guy that uh, I think I'm really proud of of the way he's playing. And for us, uh, we have to be aware of that, understand that, and start using them more. So whenever I tweet something about Cole Komet, like pe- people love Cole Komet because sure. he's a second-round pick. He is local. He is Notre Dame. There is something – he is he is shiny. You know what I mean? Like people love Cole Komet. And so everybody is has been mad that he hasn't been utilized more often. But I will. I'm going to throw this into the mix. Has he been underutilized, or has he been perfectly used? Has he been perfectly eased in? Has he been put in the perfect positions to win so far? And the Bears did what they had to protect him early on, and now they could let him go. I call it, Steve, the Albert Elmora Jr. effect. Everybody wanted Joe Madden to play Albert Elmora every single day because when he was in there against lefties, he was crushing the ball, crushing the ball. We'll play him every day. And Joe Madden was like, no, I'm putting him in great positions to succeed. When he did play him every day, it didn't work out. So I understand it's a little bit of a reach there with my Albert Almora example, but maybe, just maybe, they are developing him at the perfect rate. Sometimes that happens, and that might be what's going on with Cole Komet. Okay, I, I would. my biggest problem is um, Matt Nagy is not Joe Madden, and Matt Nagy just looks like an idiot out there when he's in the red zone and Demetrius Harris is out there and neither Cole Komet nor Jimmy Graham is out. That's why you signed Jimmy Graham, that position. He's been great, that position on the field. That's why you drafted Cole Komet. Neither of them on the field and in the red zone and inside the 10. I'm sorry, Matt Nagy's an idiot. Joe Madden has far more experience. That's my problem with that, that whole comparison. And does Matt Nagy realize... He's in charge of determining that Cole Komet can be on the field more. Can someone alert Matt Nagy to that? As the head coach, he can say Cole Komet will play more and put him in there. He doesn't need a post game to do that. This is just like the, I'm not an idiot. I know we need to run the ball more. Well, you are an idiot because you didn't run the ball more. I just, again, more of the BS that was slung this week. I'm just, we're just picking, still picking it off our clothes. All right, well, we'll disagree on that particular one, but that's all right. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, Steve. Nobody wants two people to be on the same page for four hours. and that isn't No, we're not, or even so. three hours. And three we have hours, some right. corrections to make on our Halloween and um, our, uh, our Halloween movie discussion. And coming up at the top of the hour, Mark Gonzalez, our deluxe baseball guest, he's from the Chicago Tribune, wrote a piece on why Tony Russa is the exact right answer for the White Sox. Well, we'll do all that after this. 
Saturday Suckage, of course, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back, Saturday Suckage. So it's Halloween and let's do the time warp again. And Mark, was, you were talking about Meatloaf and I completely forgotten and textures are reminding us, Meatloaf was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay, so I wasn't completely crazy and out of line no. for... Okay. He was. He played Eddie in the movie and the theatrical production, the stage production. And um, Jim Steinman made him, you know, Meatloaf as the theatrical Paradise by the Dashboard Life, Bat Out of Hell, Two Out of Three, Eight, Roy, or whatever that is. Joe Madden used to love quoting it. Uh, <laughs> two Out of Three Ain't Bad. And, and also this, so thank you, texters. Uh, the Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. And if you would like to participate in this suckage, 312-644-6767 is the text number and the phone number. The 206 texted this. I think it's perfect. The full moon Halloween, the plague, the election, and the pending civil war, and the 27 Yankees of suck is live on the air. It's like the book of Revelation. Wow. You know, it's, all, I think, it's all coming together today. Here, <laughs> here we are. That's our tombstone. It also says that on our business card. Wow. 27 Yankees of suck. And here we go. We'll take a break. When we come back, Mark Gonzalez, deluxe baseball writer for the Chicago Tribune, Wrote a piece about why Tony La Russa is the exact right hire for the White Sox right here, right now. They did it. It was roundly blown up. Gonzo disagrees with that. We'll talk to him about why. Rosenblum and Grody. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 